eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. Thank you, dear Lord, for giving us the privilege of life which we know we do not deserve. We thank you for showing your love to us in sustaining us and providing for us the basic necessities of our lives. Now, dear Lord, in gratitude to you as we fellowship with you, we desire that we may receive power and grace to live for you and to do your will. We have no power of our own to do this. We know that we must cooperate with you and that's what we pray for now that you grant to us the gift of your spirit and that by your spirit we may rightly divide the word of truth, learn lessons from your word that will be a building block that will add to our character that we may become like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be with me dear Lord and put your words in my mouth. In Jesus name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, October 31 Peter looked back. O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Matthew chapter 14 verse 31 Looking unto Jesus, Peter walks securely, but as in self-satisfaction, he glances back toward his companions in the boat. His eyes are turned from the Savior. The wind is boisterous, the waves roll high. For a moment, Christ is hidden from his view, and his faith gives way. He begins to sink. But while the billows talk with death, Peter lifts his eyes from the angry waters and fixing them upon Jesus cries, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus grasped the outstretched hand, saying, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Walking side by side, Peter's hand in that of his master, they stepped into the boat together. But Peter was now subdued and silent. He had no reason to boast over his fellows, for true unbelief and self-exaltation, he had very nearly lost his life. When he turned his eyes from Jesus, his footing was lost and he sank amid the waves. When trouble comes upon us, how often we are like Peter. We look upon the waves instead of keeping our eyes fixed upon the Savior. Our footsteps slide and the proud waters go over our souls. Jesus did not bid Peter come to him that he, sh that he should perish. He does not call us to follow him and then forsakes us. In this incident on the sea, he desired to reveal to Peter his own weakness, to show that his safety was in constant dependence upon divine power. Amid the storms of temptation, he could walk securely only as in utter self-distrust he should rely upon the Savior. It was on the point where he thought himself strong that Peter was weak and not until he discerned his weakness could he realize his need of dependence upon Christ. 
had he learned the lesson that Jesus sought to teach him in that experience on the sea, he would not have failed when the great test came upon him. Day by day, God instructs his children. By the circumstances of the daily life, he is preparing them to act their part upon that wider stage to which his providence has appointed them. It is the issue of the daily test that determines their victory or defeat in life's great crisis. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Peter Looked Back. And this is a story referring to the time when Peter walked on water. So I'll just go through the reading and then we'll draw the lessons from it. In Matthew 14, reading from verse 22, it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Just to put a context to this story, this was after Jesus had fed 5,000 men with five loaves of bread and two fishes. Of course, there were women and children there. Because of that act of Jesus, the Jews, remember, 5,000 men, then women and children. So you can tell that possibly these were up to 10,000 people or more. These people were so elated that they were determined to crown Jesus king that day. And it was not a good thing they wanted to do. It was going to send a wrong message to Pilate and to Herod. And that would have brought the wrong kind of attention upon Jesus. And Jesus dealt with it by sending them away immediately. The multitude he sent away, the disciples who were in the forefront of doing this thing to want to crown Jesus as king, he sent them to the boat to go and wait for him. And he went to pray. It says in verse 23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the sheep was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, just to add again, the reason this was happening was that they were murmuring against Jesus, and Jesus gave them something else to think about. Going on, it says, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. You see, Peter was also elated to find out that it was Jesus who was there. And he exercised faith here, asking Jesus to tell him to come. He knew very well that if he had jumped into that water without the call of Jesus, he would fall and sink. And this was him exercising faith. He needed the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He needed Jesus to say to him, come so that he can exercise faith. Verse 29 says, And he, that's Jesus, said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Amen. So let's go straight to the lesson, because what we are really looking at now is another character, Peter. 
just to remind you that right from the day we started this devotion in January, the point of it is to study the characters in the Bible and to see how the Lord related with them and to learn lessons from where they failed and lessons from where they succeeded. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans 15 verse 4 that everything that was written in the scripture was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope and in first corinthians chapter 10 reading from verse 6 and verse 11 we are told that these things were written as examples or examples for us who are living in the end of time so that we will not make the same mistakes that they made so in the case of peter let us look further into his life and see what lessons we can learn to avoid the mistakes he made and to also repeat the good things that he did. So here we see Peter exercising faith and we have talked about that in previous devotions so I won't be dwelling on that but just suffice to say that Peter was a man of faith and we should learn from him how to exercise faith on God's word. He didn't doubt that word that said come. If Jesus said to you come to walk on the sea. Do you know that walking on the sea is symbolic to coming to a place where you know that it looks like it is trouble? When Jesus says to you, keep my commandments, it's like walking on the sea. You are seeing waves coming around you, the boisterous wind and the waves all coming to threaten you that, look, if you try this thing, I'm going to push you down. But Peter exercised faith and walked on water. Now, we can learn from Peter. When Jesus says, come, he's saying to you, my son, do what I have asked you to do. Anything he says to you, do it in faith, believing that he who has called you will also give you the power to do it. It looks as if everything around you is going to be an obstacle to stop you from doing those things the Lord wants you to do. But have faith in God. As long as your eyes are fixed on him, trusting his word and not trusting yourself, because there's a difference between trying Peter walking on water because he feels he can do it and Peter walking on water because Jesus said he should do it and he's trusting that he who said he should do it will also give him the power. Now that is faith. So also with us, we may try to keep God's commandments because we want to do it in our own strength. But the difference is just that passage in Hebrews 4 that says we should mix it with faith. When you hear God's word telling you, keep my commandments, do it but with a mindset that you are trusting in him who has told you to do it. Now, Peter did that, but he began to sink. So also with us, we may for a while walk on water. And what does it mean to walk on water? To do the impossible that is, and what is the impossible for man? To keep God's commandments, to live a life that is sinless, pure and holy. That is the walking on water. But after walking on water, Peter fell. What does the fall represent? Falling into sin. Why did he fall? We are told in what we read today that he was looking unto Jesus and walking securely. But as in self-satisfaction, he glances back towards his companions in the boat, his eyes are turned from the Savior. The wind is boisterous, the waves roll high. For a moment, Christ is hidden from his view and his faith gives way. He begins to sink. Hmm. So what is it that will make us fall into sin? It is when we take our eyes off Jesus. When the troubles are coming and the obstacles are coming to test our faith while we are keeping his commandments. Not just turning our eyes away from Jesus but turning our eyes to look at other people. To look at ourselves also. The only thing we should look onto is Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 
reading from verse 1, we are told, Wherefore, seeing also that we are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset, looking on, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And then we are told, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Are we to look to ourselves? No. The moment we start to look at ourselves, have you been driving before? You find out that some people want to act as though they are expert drivers, so they use one hand to drive. Others, they want to act like expert drivers so they can make phone calls while driving or they, they, they can turn to the left and argue with somebody while driving. They can turn their eyes to the right. But if you notice, if you turn your eyes away, yeah, you may, because you've been driving for a long time, be able to maintain a straight path. But when you turn your eyes away from the road, there's a very huge tendency. And if you go to any driving school, they will ask you not to do that. There's a very huge tendency that your hands will swerve with your eyes. Your body will swerve with your eyes. By beholding, we become changed. If we look to other men in pride, saying, look at how they are falling, you begin to fall like them. If you also look to self, oh, look at where I, have, I, look at where I am now, look at what I'm doing, I'm walking on water. When you do that, pride is setting in and then we begin to fall. Reading Desire of Ages, page 381, paragraph 6, we are told, walking side by side, Peter's hand in that of his master, they stepped into the boat together, but Peter was now subdued and silent. He had no reason to boast over his fellows, for through unbelief and self-exaltation, take note of those two things, unbelief and self-exaltation, he had very nearly lost his life. When he turned his eyes from Jesus, his footing was lost and he sank amid the waves. End of quote. There are times when God permits us to fall into sin so that we may see that we are weak and also see our need of dependence on him. Remember that that's one thing that we read, that in this experience of Peter, God wanted to show him his weakness. And sometimes God wants to show us our weakness. It is not as if God intentionally makes us fall, but in smaller matters, when we do not see our need of dependence on him, it is inevitable that we will fall, especially when we begin to have pride in our heart. Peter looked back at his brethren in pride, and then he fell. The Bible says pride goes before a fall as the popular proverb says, and that literally happened to Peter. And the same will happen to us. Spiritual pride is to be shunned. If the Lord has been gracious to us to keep us standing and doing great feats and achieving spiritual or even temporal milestones as though we were walking on water, we are never on account of that to make a comparison between ourselves and our brethren, looking back at them and saying as it were, see me see what I can do and see how I am able to do this or that. No, no. We are to have a humble opinion of ourselves and not to take credit for the attainments, especially the, the spiritual ones, even the temporal ones. While it is true that we are actually doing these things, we are to ever have in mind that it is only by the grace of God and His power that we are walking on water. Have you never stolen? It is the grace of God and not by your power. Are you meek and kind in your speech? It is by the grace of God and not by your power. Are you pure from lusts and sexual impurities? Remember that without Christ you can do absolutely nothing. 
Therefore, take heed lest you lose sight of Christ while looking at your brethren who cannot do what you do, and then you fall. Conflict and Courage, page 310, paragraph 5, tells us in this incident on the sea, Jesus desired to reveal to Peter his own weakness to show that his safety was in constant dependence upon divine power. Amid the storms of temptation, he could walk safely only as in utter self-distrust. He should rely upon the Savior. It was on the point where he thought himself strong that Peter was weak and not until he discerned his weakness could he realize his need of dependence upon Christ. Had he learned the lesson that Jesus sought to teach him in that experience on the sea, he would have not failed when the great test came upon him. End of quote. So, of course, we know the story that Peter didn't actually learn the lesson. He kept on making this mistake of self-confidence. But what is the opposite of that? We are learning that instead of having this self-confident spirit of Peter, we should have a spirit of dependence of, on, on God, self-distrust and confidence in God. We are told that Jesus wanted to show him his weakness and it is not until he sees his weakness that he would realize his need of dependence on God. This, this is the reason that Peter argued with Jesus when Jesus told him that he would deny him three times before the cock crows twice. Peter always had a high estimate of himself. He was that kind of person who had a strong belief in self and was very self-reliant. He had a good heart and desired to please God. But he also believed he could do everything by himself. He did not understand the lesson of self-renunciation and abiding in Christ. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 tells us, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he falls. That's what the lesson is for us. Let us not think we stand and start to look at our brethren who are falling or who are not doing the things we are doing and in pride we talk about their fall and you are smiling at it you are happy to hear about it because the more you talk about the fall of others it gives you joy because you know that you are not falling there how about talking about the places where you fall you find out that we are not so keen to talk about that but we like to talk about the things that people do that we know we don't do because we are free from that sin let us be careful because this pride this looking back of peter shows itself in various ways we need to examine our hearts and check ourselves to be sure of why we say the things we say and how we perceive the acts of others in our mind let us try not to entertain any form of pride in us at all because the bible says pride goes before a fall we will fall and god will not give us the joy that is imparted to those who are reliant and dependent on him we are told in this day with god page 261 paragraph 3 why do we not have the consciousness of sins forgiven it is because we are unbelieving and you know that that was one of peter's problem unbelief we are not practicing the teachings of christ and bringing his virtues into our lives should the joy and exaltation and hope imparted by the lord jesus christ be given to many of us it would administer to self-esteem and pride when Jesus is ab abiding in the heart by faith, the lessons which Christ has given us will be practiced. We will have such exalted views of Jesus Christ that self will be abased. Our affections will center in Jesus. Our thoughts will be strongly drawn heavenward. Christ will increase. I will decrease. End of quote. Do you know that that's the reason why some of us don't get the joy and exaltation? and hope imparted by the Lord because if God gives it to us, it will administer to our pride and self-esteem. 
And that's why you see yourself falling many times. Because if God gives you that grace of being free and walking on water, many of us, it will just administer to our pride. So God makes us or permits us to fall. Not that he makes us to fall, but permits it because we are not relying on him. The moment pride comes in and self-exaltation comes in, you are no longer looking unto Jesus and certainly a fall will come. Pride goeth before a fall. We need to learn to be humble while walking on water. We need to learn that when God gives us the joy and exaltation and hope that he wants to give us we shouldn't get so proud about it and feel oh good and then you are looking at others who don't have it and you're feeling oh, basking in the joy of purity and holiness and you are proud about it you fall and that's why when god gives it to us we shouldn't be proud about it we need to understand our need of constant dependence on god we were just told now that if we are properly viewing it that christ will increase and we will decrease our affections will center on him we will have more exalted views of jesus and not more exalted views of self does your life when you have achieved one thing whether temporal or spiritual does it make you feel proud does it make you start to exalt yourself that's not how it should be we should exalt christ and only when we see our weakness because i have identified why is it that we sin against god the reason is this we do not feel our weakness we do not see our need to abide in him because the bible says that if we abide in him we will not sin that is first john chapter 3 verse 6 so why is it that we sin we don't abide in him why don't we abide in him because we don't see our need of it why don't we see our need of of, of abiding in christ as dwelling in him getting help from him because we think we can do things on our own why do we think we, th- we can do things on our own? Because we feel strong. Why do we feel strong? We don't see our weakness. We need to constantly be conscious of our weakness. Because only he who is weak will, f- will flee to the throne and request for help. But when we start to feel strong, we leave the throne and we don't need help. And that's when we fall. Jesus said in the book of John 15 verse 1 to 5, I am the true vine and my father is the husband man. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, ye can do nothing nada zilch you can do absolutely nothing without jesus reading from desire of ages page 382 paragraph 3 and 4 we are told day by day god instructs his children by the circumstances of their daily life he is preparing them to act their part upon that that wider stage to which his providence has appointed them it is the issue of the daily test that determines their victory or defeat in life's great crisis hmm. so how do i handle the test i pass through on a daily basis it is that which is an index a measure of what the life great crisis at the end is going to bring forth i continue the reading it says those who fail to realize their constant dependence not intermittent dependence that's where we get it wrong some of us we depend on christ sometimes 
Then when we feel strong, we leave him. That was what Peter did. He walked on water depending on Christ. He felt strong. He looked back. He left Jesus, stopped looking unto him. And then what happened? He fell. Same thing with us. If we do not realize our constant dependence upon God, we will be overcome by temptation. We may now suppose that our feet stand secure and that we shall never be moved. We may say with confidence, I know in, I know in whom I have believed. Nothing can shake my faith in God and in his word. But Satan is planning to take advantage of our hereditary and cultivated traits of character and to blind our eyes to our own necessities and defects. Only through realizing our own weakness and looking steadfastly unto Jesus can we walk securely. Amen. End of quote. So how can we walk securely? It is one way. There are no two ways to it. Only one way. Realizing our weakness. Do you fall into sin now and then? See, there are no two reasons why. It's only one reason. You are not seeing your weakness. And because you are not seeing it, you are not fleeing to Jesus for dependence on him. You are thinking you can handle it. Some of us, we see our weakness. But then we are thinking, I can do it by myself. I can handle it. The more you keep trying to handle it by yourself, you will keep falling. Only by seeing our weakness. And secondly, looking steadfastly unto Jesus. Some of us see our weakness. Peter saw his weakness, but he didn't look at Jesus. He looked to the waves and then the trouble swept him. And that's why we are told, many of us, how many of us, in this, whenever we see our weakness and we see trouble coming, instead of looking to Jesus, we allow unbelief to take hold of us and then we fall. This is our danger, thinking that we can handle it by ourselves. And what, is it, what does it mean to look unto Jesus, just so that we don't be vague on this matter, because we don't have any physical Jesus to look unto? Looking unto Jesus means constant dependence on him like we've been saying it means to follow his rules and his ways do what he says you should do don't think you are powerful if he says this is how you should dress dress that way social reform don't do this don't go near the house of the lewd woman and you are going there you are not feeling your weakness you are not understanding run away that's what he says run away if you think you are strong you will go You are told, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. This is what Jesus told Peter much later. Peter felt confident. He didn't watch. He didn't pray. That is what it means to depend on God. It means to follow his rules on how to live a holy life. Many of us do not follow it and that's why we fall. We wouldn't pray when we ought to. We won't watch when we should. We won't keep away from evil company. The Bible says evil company corrupts good manners. Stay away. Bible says in the book of Psalms 1, verse 1, Blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But many of us will sit, eating and drinking with the drunken, watching movies and saying, it doesn't affect me, watching the sports, going into all kinds of entertainment on YouTube and say, oh, it doesn't affect me. You are not depending on Christ. You have now taught yourself strong enough to view these things, to go in these ways, and you are thinking that nothing is going to happen to you. You are not feeling your weakness like you should. If you were really feeling your, weak, feeling your weakness, when you see those temptations, you will run away. Flee youthful lust is what the Bible says. If you are not understanding that you are weak, you will be going towards things that will lead you into sin and thinking that you are strong enough to handle it. But if you feel your weakness, you will follow the word of God, you will run. And when you can't run, you will watch and pray and you will cut off, like Jesus said, your right hand, gorge out your eyes, cut off your legs as he said, that is, take away those things that you know will tempt you. There are things that are around you. Some of us, our phones, our phones, 
have done us so much harm. Our laptops, the internet has done us so much harm. But yet we are still there. We have not cut off ourselves from it. We are thinking, this time I will handle it better. This time I will handle it better. There are some of us that need to cut off completely. You can do without it. Stay away because many times it is causing you to sin. If you feel your weakness, you will run. Or when you enter there to do something that is useful, you will be so feeling your weakness that while you are on the internet, you will be praying to the Lord constantly. That is the abiding in Christ. If we feel our weakness in our temporal duties, even if it isn't just your soft skills or your hard skills that you are trying to learn or the work and the tasks you are doing on a daily basis, you should constantly feel your weakness. If If not, you will not abide in Christ simple things that are there to do yes it is easy to wash a plate it is easy to sweep a house nevertheless feel your weakness without christ you can do nothing while sweeping be praying to the lord while washing the plate while washing the car while driving continually lift up your voice in prayer i know what it means to feel your weakness and i asked myself if only why is it I'm not doing this normally? If only I could do this, what am I referring to? When I started to learn to drive, oh my, every second is a prayer. When I want to overtake someone, I'm praying, oh Lord, please help me. When I'm going on the road, because I feel my weakness and I started to ask myself, now I know, the only reason why you, I will not pray constantly is because I'm not feeling my weakness. But when you are on the road, some people are praying constantly. Why? Because they can see that it's possible I'm going to get something wrong. And even if it's not me who gets something wrong, someone on the road will get something wrong and I get into trouble. This is our danger. Not feeling our weakness. Let me express it in these words written from Ministry of Healing, page 455, paragraph 3 to 5. It says, Man's great danger is in being self-deceived, indulging self-sufficiency and thus separating from God the source of his strength. Our natural tendencies, unless corrected by the Holy Spirit of God, have in them the seeds of moral death. Unless we become vitally connected with God, we cannot resist the unhallowed effects of self-indulgence, self-love, and temptation to sin. In order to receive help from Christ, we must realize our need. We must have a true knowledge of ourselves. It is only He who knows himself to be a sinner that Christ can save. Only as we see our utter helplessness and renounce all self-trust shall we lay hold on divine power. It is not only at the beginning of the Christian life that this renunciation of self is to be made. At every advanced step heavenward, it is to be renewed. All our good works are dependent on a power outside of ourselves. Therefore, there needs to be a continual reaching out of the heart after God, a constant earnest confession of sin and humbling of the soul before Him. Perils surround us and we are safe only as we feel our weakness and cling with the grasp of faith to our mighty deliverer. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this is what the Lord wants for us. And I will conclude by reading, like I've said before, 1 John 3 verse 6, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not, and whosoever sinneth has not seen him and neither known him. What I have just read in Ministry of Healing is telling us, we must constantly, those are the words used, constant dependence upon God, continual reaching out towards Him. That is what it must be, earnest confession of sin and humbling of the soul, feeling our weakness is the only way we can continue to do this. First John 2 verse 24 
down to 29 says let that therefore abide in you which you have heard this is what it means to abide in christ for his words to abide in us that's why jesus said in first john 15 verse 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you you shall ask what you will and it shall be given unto you so abiding in christ feeling your weakness means that you allow his word to abide in you constantly remember it so that means no matter how i feel like my weakness if i have not studied god's word to know what i'm supposed to do it would be of no benefit to me i need to depend on him how by depending on his word so reading first john 2 verse 24 downward it says let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning if that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you ye also shall continue in the son and in the father and this is the promise that he had promised us even eternal life these things have i written unto you concerning them that seduce you but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you and ye need not that any man teach you but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie and even as he, as it hath taught you ye shall abide in him and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming amen abide in him is the solution may we learn to feel our weakness all the time and look unto jesus constantly and also may we learn that as we continue to walk on water living a life holy and pure we are to not allow that to bring exaltation of self and bring about in us this pride but rather may christ be exalted may he increase while we decrease let us pray thank you dear father for the lessons you have taught us for this will help us it is an eternal lesson and i know as your word has said in first john 3 verse 6 once we abide in you we will not sin but the problem is we don't so lord i pray teach us to constantly feel our weakness that we may constantly abide in you so that we can bear much fruit help each and every one of us there are some who are listening right now struggling because they are walking on water and then they have fallen deep into the water as peter cried for help lord we are crying for help to you and we believe that you will help us lord bring us out of the water and help us to stand again that we may live a life of holiness and purity forgive us our sins and give us power power to live a holy life do this and take the glory in jesus name we've prayed amen Jesus, lover of my soul, hide me while the billows roll, rock of ages left for me, I am trusting only thee, you said Shepherd, lead 